Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's great to be here. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's really a privilege to be with you guys today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to those online who are tuning in. We're going to pray. We're going to dive into the book of Acts this morning, Acts chapter 1. Let's pray and let's go. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to gather in the name of Jesus. We thank you for Joel, a 21-year-old guy in our church, a blessing to us. Thank you for him. Pray your blessing on his life, God, that you, he would follow you and choose you all his days. Father, for each one of us who's watching online, each one in the room, Father, we pray that you would speak to us today. Give us ears, hearts to hear from you, that you would move in us, that you would change us, that you would impact our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to start today by talking to you about a remarkable couple who were, who were a part of LifeGate Church. Did anyone remember Leslie and Heather Andrews? Yeah. They, um, Leslie and Heather came to our church back in 2007. Les came as someone who's exploring Christianity, and in 2008, he became a Christian and was baptized in our tub at the back of our room and became a passionate Jesus follower, passionate about the Word of God. That was Les. Heather came to us as a Jesus freak, um, as this passionate woman of God, passionate about prayer, passionate about worship, passionate about the Lord. She is, um, and Heather, if you're watching this, you are one of a kind, and we love you very much. A few weeks ago, I had a call from one of the family members um, asking me to come to the aged care facility. So they were part of our church until about five years ago, where they moved to an aged care facility in Hammondville. And as a result, they can't come to Sundays and have their own gatherings in that, in that place. And we've kept in contact with them during those five years. I had a phone call from one of the family members asking me to come to the aged care facility because um, Les had asked for me because they knew it was the end of his life. Um, and the family had come in over the period of time and said their goodbyes, and unfortunately, I couldn't get there before he passed. But Les passed, and then after that, I decided to ring Heather. Um, day later, I couldn't get in contact. A couple of days, we got in contact. And I said, Heather, how are you? Your, your husband of over 50 years, Heather's in the late 70s, Les was in his early 80s. Your husband's just passed away. How are you? And she says to me, I am just marvelous. And she said it in this joy and excitement because, she says, Les has gone to be with Jesus and he's not struggling to breathe anymore. And she said it with conviction and enthusiasm, loved it because she believed it. She believes it to be true. We had about a 30-minute conversation. And if you know Heather, she can talk. She can talk. (laughs) I reckon I got about 40 seconds of 30 minutes in, no joke. I asked how she was and how she was going, and then she spoke. And, and after she told me about her delight that Les is with Jesus, she started. And when I say she started, she started telling me testimonies of God's faithfulness in her life. She told me that, she, and I've heard these stories before, she told me again, at the age of 35, her husband, Les, had tuberculosis. She had no money, kids were trying to manage her life. She's at the end of her tether, and she's suicidal. And she's thinking about committing suicide at the age of 35, and her sister turns up to the front door and invites her to a prayer meeting. She goes to the prayer meeting and has an encounter with Jesus, where she, 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 her story is, she opened her eyes and she could see his sandals. She was, not willing to, she, was not, she was not willing to look up because she knew who it was. She had an encounter with Jesus that radically transformed her life. She prayed for Les, they prayed for Les, and Les was healed of tuberculosis. She told me that story. 
and told me about all that God did in that season. And then she jumped from 35, 40 years ago to today. And she said, Nathan, being in, the, in this aged care facility has been wonderful. People, I've had the opportunity to share my faith in Jesus with the nurses who come in, with the visitors that come in, with the other... With anything, <laughs> Nikki just said, with anything that moves, with the other people in the aged care facility. And she worships the Lord and, and has the opportunity to pray with people. And she went on to tell me about not only what God had done in her life then, 40 years ago, but what God is doing now in her life. She's a woman of faith, a woman of passion, and her fire for Jesus has not gone out. For the last 40 years, I would say she's just as passionate, even more passionate about Jesus than she's ever been in her life. Her fire has not gone out. Here's a question for you this morning. How is your fire for Jesus? When I say fire, I'm talking about passion. I'm talking about desire to know him, to love him, to be with him. How is your fire for Jesus today? Take a moment and reflect on that. How is your passion? How is your fire for Jesus? How is your passion? How is your desire to love him? How is your passion to serve him? in your community and in our church community? How excited are you to get involved with kids' ministry and serve people in prayer and, and when you talk to people on the deck, invest and encourage them? When there's an opportunity, Pastor Nathan, how can I get involved in church life? How, how passionate are you to serve him? How passionate are you to share your faith about all that God has done in your life? How passionate are you to share that with others? How passionate are you to talk about him and what he's done? How passionate are you to, to uh, join our Tuesday night prayer meeting on Zoom that Margaret runs for us? How passionate are you to be with other Christians? Do you have a desire to be with other Christians and, and, and talk about the things of the Lord and be held accountable? How passionate are you to be in the Word, to encounter Jesus through His Word, to be passionate in worship? How passionate are you to walk with Him, to be with Him? You know, when we have a passion... And when we have a desire for those things, to be in the Word, to be in the prayer meetings, to serve, to share, those things become easy for us. Because there's a something, there is this, I don't know how to explain it, a volcano rising up within us, the passion for the Lord, that it just spills out in the way we speak and the way that we act. And that's the best way to live, having a desire for the Word, desire to be in the prayer meetings, a desire to serve, a desire to share. That's the best way to live. However... For most of us, for many of us, that passion fades. And we go from, I desire to be in the prayer meeting, I desire to be in the Word, to, okay, I'm going to be in the prayer meeting, God, because you tell me to. It's out of obedience. Now, there's nothing wrong with obedience. Obedience is good, and we should choose obedience. But a desire is better than obedience. A passion's better than obedience. But then you go from desire to obedience to a reluctance. Yeah, I know church is good for me. Um, don't, re- don't really feel like it, but I'm going to go today because I know it's good. I don't really feel like praying and being part of the prayer meetings or opening the word, but I'll do it because I know it, you, you get to a place of reluctance. Or then worse than that, you get to a place where I have to. Oh, I'm on the roster again for prayer. Oh, man, I have to go to church today and pray. Well, that sucks. Uh, they're opening the, the life groups on. Uh, all right. Don't want to, but I'll go. That sucks. Desire, obedience, reluctance, have to, to a place where it stops altogether. And that's largely due to, our, due to the, the fading 
the fading of passion, passion for him. So I ask you today, how is your fire for Jesus? That's confronting, isn't it? Do you feel challenged? Don't be challenged by me, be challenged by the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit today to work in you, to transform you, to challenge you, to move you, to convict you. And that he may motivate you, change your passions and desires to want to do all those things for him. I want to take you to Acts chapter 1, and, we're, and I'm about to launch a series through the book of Acts. I'm going to preach in Acts for a while. I'm reading it, and it's just incredible. The book of Acts is written by Luke. So the, the uh, gospel writer Luke wrote Acts. The full name for Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. And they often call it Luke-Acts because Luke's like the gospel of Luke's part one, Acts is like part two. And it's called the Acts of the Apostles because it records all that the apostles did as Jesus sent them with the power of the Spirit into the world. Jesus says, go, and the apostles go with the power of the Spirit. We find out about Luke a little bit in Luke chapter 16. He's a second generation Christian. So he's heard from the apostles that walk with Jesus, all the events that Jesus did, and wrote it down as he heard multiple sources telling him the same stuff. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, there is this really, really brilliant verse which stood out to me, which the Lord spoke to me about, which I want to share with you today. Acts 1, 1 says this. In my former book, that's Luke writing to a guy named Theophilus. There's a hard word to say. Now, we don't know who this guy is. Theophilus is obviously someone in the early church. We don't know anything about him. But Luke's writing to him. He says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, verse 2, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he'd chosen. The, the, the gospel, Luke, was all about Jesus did until the day he was taken up to heaven. And now I'm going to write to you about all that Jesus did while he was in heaven through the power of his spirit in his people. I want to take you back to verse 1 because this word began stuck out to me. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote to you about all that began, what Jesus began to do and to teach. What the writer of Acts is saying is that the gospel of Luke, the first part, all the stuff we read in the gospels, his healings, his teaching, his miracles, his deliverance, his death, his resurrection, friends, it's only the beginning. We can often read that text and say, that's it. Hey, Luke says here, that's only the beginning. And then we dive into the book of Acts, and we see how Jesus continues to work in his church by the power of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus teaches his disciples, and he says to them, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit so that you, be, that you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in the ends of the earth. In Acts chapter 2, Jesus baptizes his disciples with the Holy Spirit. Peter, speaks, Peter stands up, preaches, and 3,000 people are baptized and saved on that day. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are on the way to the temple, and there's a crippled guy who asks them for money, and Peter and John go, we haven't got money, but what we do have, and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And then in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are dragged in by the religious leaders, and, and they say, how did you do this? And then Peter says this, then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands 
before you healed. Why is that man healed? It's because of the power of Jesus. Jesus is working in Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 5, we read how the apostles are healing and setting people free by the power of Jesus. In Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7, we see Stephen filled with Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he is empowered to preach the message of Jesus to the religious leaders. In Acts chapter 8, Peter um, Philip goes in the power of Jesus and preaches the message of Jesus to the Samaritans and, and sees many healings and deliverances. In Acts chapter 9, P, um, Paul, Saul, is on his way to Damascus and Jesus appears to him and Jesus says, I, Lord, I am the Lord. I am the one that you're persecuting. And Paul commits his life to Jesus. In, in the same chapter, in Acts chapter 9, Peter's with a guy named Aeneas and this is what we read. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus is a, is a, he needs healing. Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. Jesus is still working in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 10, Peter has a vision. Jesus gives him a vision of these animals landing on a sheet. And what Jesus is saying is teaching Peter that there is no more clean and unclean, not only about food, but about the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 10, Peter, wait a sec, have I got it wrong? It's got it right. Peter goes to Cornelius' house, and Cornelius' household believe in the Lord, and they're filled with the Spirit. In Acts chapter 11, Peter goes back to the, to, to the um, apostles and other disciples to say, Jesus has invited the Gentiles to, be believe, to believe in him. In Acts chapter 12, we read that Peter's in prison, and Jesus sends an, a, an angel to get him out. In Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas are in the church in Antioch. I think it's Antioch. And Jesus speaks to the prophets and he says to the prophets, send these two men out in, into the world to preach the gospel. And from Acts chapter 13 to the end of Acts, we have the story of Paul going and proclaiming and healing and setting up churches as Jesus empowered him, as Jesus led him. Friends, Jesus continued to work for the book of Acts. Thank you, Phil. Amen. Then we go to the letters. And we see how Paul writes to Romans and Corinthians and Galatians about the growth of the church and how Jesus is drawing people to himself and setting up his church. And with the declaration that he's coming back again. As we look at history and we look at God's church, although there are messy bits, there are also great bits where Jesus has been leading his people and guiding his people and getting his church to a point where it is today. Where Jesus is still leading He's still teaching. He's still healing. He's still moving. Jesus began the work back in the Gospel of Luke, and he's still working today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's working across the globe. He's working in my life. He's working in your life. Jesus is still working today. Here's the next question for you. How is Jesus currently moving in your life today? How is he moving in your life? If you're a Christian today, if you're a Christian, Jesus is moving in you. If you're in the room, you're watching online. If you're a Christian, you have his spirit in you and Jesus is moving in you by his spirit. The scripture says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. That when you put your, when you put your faith in Jesus, we sang that song this morning, Jesus is going to continue that work, but how much he does in you, how much he works in you, how much he works through you, has a lot to do with you, has a lot to do with your openness 
to him. How much Jesus works in your life has a lot to do with your willingness to surrender to him. How much Jesus does in you and through you has a lot to do with your obedience to him. Because if you're having a place, you say, God, here I am, use me. He's going, yes, amen, I'm in that. But if you're turning away from him, if you're not open to him, he's a gentleman. Sometimes he shakes us to get our attention. But generally, he allows us to make our own choices. And he's looking for people who are open, who are surrendered, who are faithful, who are saying, God, in the words of Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. And so many of us, friends, miss out, miss out on the fullness of what God has for us because we turn our face away. We are not open. We don't sacrifice. We're not willing to be obedient to him. You know, the scriptures are very clear that God wants a partnership with us. God wants a partnership with us where he works in us and changes us but he also works through us. Now, God works outside of people. Of course he does. He's incredible. He holds a whole world together. But it's very clear in the scriptures that God wants to use me. And he wants to use you, Nate, and you, Carlos, and you, Dave, and you, Ross, and you, Jenny, and you, Roz, and you, Hannah, and I could go through, and everyone online if you're a believer. He wants to use you. But it's about our openness to him. The scripture says in Colossians that, that, that he is the head of the church. He's the head. It's a body analogy. And we are the body. As the head, he directs. And we are the hands and we are the feet of Jesus to do the things that he wants us to do. He's the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit for power to witness. And then we are the ones who witness. In John 15, he says that he is the vine, we are the branches. He gives us all that we need. But we're the ones that bear the fruit, that do the work. God wants us to share the message with the world. And in John 6, 44, it says, he's the one who draws people to himself. He draws and we share. And then people respond to the Lord. We desire to change. And he gives us the ability to change. We deliberately renew our mind and he gives us the mind of Christ. We open his word and he teaches us by his spirit. We ask for healing and he heals us. We make choices that please him and he is worshipped, Romans 12. It's a partnership, us and God together, seeing his will done on earth as it is in heaven. But many of us are missing out on that because we stop being open to God. We're not giving him permission to move in us. We're not saying, God, here I am, use me, or we are to a point, and there's obviously not doing that to a little bit of that and a bit more of that, and we're fully open to that. And if we're fully open to it, we're going to see all that God has for us, but as that openness steps back, the permission reduces. What God does in and through us reduces. And we miss out on all that he has for us. The fire goes out. The fire goes out. I brought um, some sparklers today. Sparklers, um, when, I was, when Aiden was young, 
I wanted to show Aiden what a sparkler is, and I lit it under a barbecue, and as I turned to show him, he was standing right there, and I stuck it right there, and his eye could have blinded him. And then my wife took him to the hospital, and he was okay. Weren't you, Aiden? <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about a sparkler is a sparkler looks really, really nice at the beginning and stinks. It might have a few fire alarms going off. But it only burns for a short time because the fuel is only from there down to there. And as soon as it gets to the bottom, the fuel is no longer there, so the fire burns out. And I use this analogy because for many of us, when we start the Christian journey, we're like the sparkler. We're excited about what Jesus has done for us. And we're super passionate. And we're like, sign me up. I want to get involved in the prayer meeting. Where's the prayer meeting? Where's the life group? I want to get involved. How can I serve? How can I use what, what this? How can I? Oh, fire's gone out. I'm so excited about what Christ has done. I want to be involved and share my faith and get involved in everything. But that first experience is like the fuel on the sparkler. It only lasts for a short time. Now compare that with a fire. Now, I'm not going to light a fire for obvious reasons. We would all die of smoke, so don't freak out. Has anyone ever used an old washing, up, washing machine tub? These are great fire pits inside of a washing machine, everyone. <laughs> yes, she wanted to use it. I get it. But just imagine a fire that needs to be stoked. And if you want your passion for Jesus to continue to go, you need to continue to fuel it. If you want to have a desire for him, a passion to love and serve, a passion to be in his word, a passion to serve, a passion to share, a passion to be in those prayer meetings, well, you need to stoke that fire. And that fire comes with deliberateness. And you can stoke it with being in the word. You can stoke it with deliberately sitting and pursuing him. You can stoke it by getting around other Christians who are passionate about the Lord and talk about the Lord fervently and that stirs you and excites you and your passion grows. You can do it by getting involved in serving in church community and seeing Jesus do his work in the lives of others. As you stoke the fire, the passion grows. About getting accountable to somebody, getting someone who you know you can stand with and share your deepest pain and struggles and they can support you and that will help you get free and through through stuff which will increase your passion for the Lord. Getting around other Christians and um, sharing your faith and getting involved in doing foundations with someone that, that are new believers course that we put together. And seeing the work of God in someone's life, it stirs your passion for him. I walk out of doing foundations with a new passion and excitement for what the Lord is doing. And we can stoke the fire with all these things being deliberate, things that encourage us, things that stir us on. And by doing that, the passion rises up within us. The desire to serve the Lord, to share our faith, to help others is just natural. It's like the volcano that erupts within us that you can't help but do it. Because you're so passionate and you desire to honor him. And if you want to be like that, you've got to continue to stoke the fire, doing the things that are deliberate to keep that passion, keep encountering him, being in in worship, getting along to church, all the things of the fire, things that encourage you to be the people who God wants you to be. I started this message by talking to you around 
Heather and Les Andrews. I had the privilege of um, speaking just briefly. They had a number of people who spoke briefly at the funeral, and I was invited because of the COVID stuff, and only a few could go. And, and as I got to the, the place at Leppington where the funeral was at, the whole family was there, and I made a, made a beeline for Heather, and, and she was fully like pleased that Les is not she wanted to get rid of Les, she loved, loved Les. Some women like a guy, he's gone, phew, he's done. That's not Heather at all. She was excited that Les is with the Lord. And I walked with her to the QR code thing, and there was two guys there who were from the crematorium, from, from the Leppington, the chapel place. And she said, how do I do this? And then she looked at them directly and said, do you know Jesus as your personal saviour? Wow. Yeah. This is at her husband's funeral. Yeah. Do you know him as personal saviour? Then she shares for seven minutes, and she said, it was on time, I know she can talk, Heather, she's beautiful, and she was exactly, and said this beautiful red scripture and presented the gospel so beautifully, and she invited people to respond to Jesus at her husband's funeral. And then we go down to the burial, and um, a few words are said, we sing a song, and then we put the casket into the ground, and we finish up, and Heather says to the funeral director, have you ever experienced a funeral like that before? Because it was full of faith and celebrating who Jesus is and going home to be with the Lord. And he said, yeah, that was different. She goes in by the hand and says, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Can I pray for you? Right? And here's a picture of Heather praying for the funeral director. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And I, and I, and I, took, a, I, I took a picture. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. And the reason I share this with you is because Heather's not like Heather's faith is not like the sparkler, where 40 years ago, whatever it was, she committed her life to Jesus and she was excited for a season and that was it. Heather's still on fire for Jesus because she continues to stoke the flames. She continues to put the, 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 the timber in the fire of being in his word, of getting in worship, of being deliberate in prayer, getting podcasts and listening to other preachers, to gathering with other believers, to speaking life, to praying with others. She continues to do the things that, that, that rises the passion for Jesus within her. You know, I know, I look at Heather and I've never met anyone like her. She's one of a kind. And she's at Hem and Care, she would love a visit. And you don't need to say much. Because she will, she will encourage you and share testimonies about lights coming on and lights going off in India and the miracles of God in her life. And every time I walk out of there, I am encouraged and I have this. I have this desire, Lord, I want to be more like Heather Andrews. I want to have a passion for Jesus like Heather Andrews. And you know what? Heather's not special. She's not. She's just an ordinary person like you and like me. She is. But she's deliberate. She's deliberate in getting those logs on that fire, pursuing the Lord in prayer, worship, podcast. She's deliberate. She, she, she desires to honor him with her life. And she, does the things in her, and she does the things to help that fire rise up within her, that passion, that desire rise up within her. And it's just the overflow that comes out. And that is available for me, and that is available for you. And those watching online, it's available for you. Stoke the fire with those things. And you'll have a passion and a desire to know him, to be with him, and he will walk through you. He will work through you. What we see in Luke is just the beginning. 
Jesus has moved throughout history. He's moving today and will continue to move in people who are saying, here I am, God. Use me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Leslie Andrews and his life. We also thank you for Heather Andrews and her life. We thank you, God, for who she is, her passion for Jesus, and that she is an example for each one of us of someone who is deliberate in prayer, deliberate in the word, deliberate to worship, deliberate to get preachers, podcasts, voices of the truth into her life. She's deliberate in sharing her faith and being humble before him. Father, may we see her life as an example for each one of us to follow, that we may be passionate like Heather and even more so. In Jesus' name. You know, the first step in being passionate about Jesus is coming to know him. And if you're here today or you're watching online and you've never committed your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity right now. It's the first step. It's like lighting the sparkler. If you want to commit your life to Jesus, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, you've become a Christian. If you prayed that online, I encourage you to click on the prayer tab and someone will be able to connect with you and help you take the next step and help you put the logs on that fire to keep that passion for Jesus throughout your life. If you're watching online, I want to say thank you for joining us and we're going to say goodbye to you now. Bless you guys. See you soon. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected, and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.